this is Renee Paquette, and on today's episode of Throwing Down with Renee and Misha podcast, we're going to be breaking down Conor McGregor and his debacle that happened at the VMAs. We've got on two kick-ass guests. We've got on Anderson, Spider Silva, and Absolute Ricky Starks. Also, a little rundown. Get to know Renee and Misha. Here we go. We got to get into this Conor McGregor shenanigans, which I feel like that's just a word that seems to be following Conor McGregor uh, these days is what kind of bullshit is this man up to? Um, I just realized I've not sworn on the show yet. So it's time to cue the curse words up a little okay. bit. Because I did earlier. So I know you're just trying to make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let me in the dust, girl. <laughs> I would never. I would never even dream of it. Okay, so Mon- Conor McGregor gets into a, a little scuffle with Machine Gun Kelly and uh, and Megan Fox. Seems like they're on the red carpet. The, the hearsay is that, that Conor McGregor was asking for a photo with Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly said no. And all hell broke loose. Conor McGregor with his like walking cane went to throw his drink at them, which is like... What what a dickhead move. This mm-hmm. guy has zero class. I mean, I, I feel like, is he just going for headlines? Does he mm. actually feel this way? What is this guy like? I think he's a hothead. And I think that he can't keep himself out of trouble. Because I, I, I just think he lacks the ability to kind of swallow his pride a little or bite his tongue or mm-hmm. take a step back, cool down. Like, no, he just feels – he. I think he feels so entitled to be able to do whatever the hell he wants, whenever the hell he wants. And he doesn't like being told no. He's like that spoiled little toddler. Do you feel like he's just like, do you feel like he's just grasping at straws now though too? Like I I know like the mental aspect of what you guys do as fighters, of people in your face, uh, just like the mental game of feeling like you're on point all the time. I mean, obviously Conor McGregor has not been there in his past couple fights. Is he grasping at straws right now to kind of try to stay in the headlines or to stay relevant? It feels that way to me. I think Conor McGregor's doing what always worked before. It's just not working anymore. And I Mm. called that from the very beginning. I said, look, Conor McGregor, these types of personalities, it only works when they're on top. Doesn't work once you start to lose, once you start to fall, right? Because then it looks sad. It's sad as all hell. It's pathetic. That's what it is. So I don't think really much has changed with Conor McGregor. I just think people are just seeing it for what it really is. It's a bunch of bullshit. It's not you start all to see it in a different light. Yes. Yeah. And I think that is so it's, it's got to be frustrating to Conor because I think he's caught but in the middle of like, do I continue and try to go with this big, bold personality and this kind of shit talking way that I've let, you know, brought me to this point in my career? Or do I try to play it a different way? And I think we saw him dabble with that a little bit when he fought Cowboy Cerrone. Sure. He was ultra respectful. Remind, you know, mind you, he was coming off of um, some uh, alleged uh, rape charges and whatnot and like Mm -hmm. different things like and he had punched an old man. And I think he really felt like he had to (laughs) kind of do some some rebranding. So he decided to go ultra nice guy. And I was like, this is probably the first time in my career that I feel like, or in Connor's career, that I feel like he's been a likable character, at least what he's playing right now. And then the same thing when he Baby facing Dustin, it up. Yes. When he fought <laughs> Dustin Poirier, right? They were trading hot sauces and they were all Yeah, you know, they were buddy buddy for a like second. Making each other friendship bracelets and like. And then it <laughs> turns into just... like, screw your wife. Your wife's in my DMs to like still flipping off his wife when he's got like a broken ankle on the ground of the, the octagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the, the second fight, right? So I think he yeah, switched back and, and I, yeah, that, but I think what happened is like, he just is caught in the middle. He doesn't really know which direction to go. And I also think he's a hothead. So I think that those times that he flies off the handle and throws his drink at 
um, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox and, and tries to attack. That's because that's how Connor is. I think is very temperamental. And I don't think he likes to be told no. But the other things, when you talk about lead up to fights and the trash talking and all those, when they start to seem desperate, grasping at straws, that mm-hmm. I think that's because he's fallen from the good graces. He's just not winning. He's not a champion. It seems like he is just spiraling out to the point that's like a little concerning. Like, when does he get mm-hmm. his footing back or what's going to happen to him? Where's he going to go? Um, and I don't even just mean in terms of his career, but I mean like him as a person. It seems like he's treading pretty lightly right now. Yeah, uh, or he's I've on seen, he's on some thin ice right now. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some really interesting um, tweets. And, and I don't know. I, I This is where I feel like the, the team around him has got to kind of come in a little bit. But I, I imagine that's easier said than done with a hot-headed Connor. I'm sure, you know, he's the boss of all that. Nobody can tell him anything and, you know, whatever. But I feel like somebody needs to take that man's phone. Like, especially a post-surgery, like when he's, like, yes. on the painkillers no. or whatever. Because, like, he's, like, delete. He's putting out all these tweets and he's deleting them. I'm like, if you have to delete tweets, you probably should just get Bad off of luck. Twitter. Yeah, Bad. yeah. Shut it down. Delete the app. Move it off of yeah. your phone. Don't <laughs> even have it be an option bad anymore. Idea. Yeah, <laughs> uh, bad we can idea. actually hear from Connor. Uh, we've got a, a little audio here, uh, courtesy of Entertainment Tonight, to hear his side of things. What happened? Absolutely nothing. I don't know. I just, I just showed up, and I don't know. Just, I don't even know the guy. To be honest with you, just rumors. Just rumors. Nothing happened with me. I only fight real fighters. People that actually fight. You know what I mean? I certainly don't fight little vanilla boy rappers. You know, I don't even know the guy. I don't know anything about him, except that he's with Megan Fox. Except that he's with Megan Fox. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows that. Who's not aware? Yeah. Everybody knows that. Uh, all right. So Conor McGregor claims he doesn't know Machine Gun Kelly. Claims that nothing really happened. Uh, but obviously the video footage, if you guys have seen it, uh, begs to differ. Because that was a very aggressive drink throw. Got like everybody uh, around the, the radius of Machine Gun Kelly and, uh, and Megan Fox. Yeah. So, dude, you did it. You did it. Connor Something went down. Happens. He knows what happens, but he's trying to, uh, you know, backpedal. He's trying to Being save a little, face a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Make it like, oh, it was Machine Gun Kelly's fault. But no, I, I think it's very probable that that's what it was. Maybe it was just went for a handshake. Maybe he asked for a photo. Maybe somebody suggested and Machine Gun Kelly was like, nope, I don't ha- I don't. I'm not, I don't like you. I don't like what, you know, I could imagine, right. That there's going to be some people that are just not going to play the game. And it sounds like machine gun Kelly is one of those guys. He ain't going to play the See, game. If he doesn't like I disagree. you, you're going to know. I really? think it smells like a work to me. I think this is going into some kind of angle for them to cash in on these celebrity fights. I think that's oh, what's going to happen. God. Do I think machine gun Kelly should ever fight anybody? No, he's a wiry man. Uh, very thin. I I'm not sure. Wrong. I hope I'm wrong too. I hope that I'm wrong, <laughs> but I feel like, listen, Machine Gun Kelly, I, I know that he's a wrestling fan. He's been backstage in WWE many times. He's been powerbombed by Kevin Owens. Uh, he he kind of knows the ins and outs of the wrestling business. And dare I say, he might be going into business for himself, trying to get a little bit of money. We also see him, uh, you know, cage side at the past however many fights. It's him and Megan Fox sitting there making out yeah. next to Travis Barker and uh, Kourtney Kardashian. So for them to pretend, well, or, you know, for Conor McGregor to say he doesn't know who he is, I mean, maybe that's possible. But um, I don't he know. I think I smell a rat here. He knows who he is. So yeah. I well, think it's a maybe, work. I think they're going to cash in. Maybe where there's smoke, there's fire. But um, God, I'm gullible then. Cause I, I, and I am. I all admit <laughs> I it. Like, I'm the, I'm the first one to fall for something like hook, line, and sinker. Like, no, it's not. Um, wouldn't be that. But, I mean, you do make some great points. And um, we kind of – I mean, it's interesting to think about. I certainly would never want to see the two of them fighting each other. No. But, um, 
So I don't know. I, I guess I don't really know the angle. But the fact that Machine Gun Kelly, Kelly is a fan of MMA, he honestly may just really not like Conor McGregor. Maybe he's a Dustin Poirier fan, and he's like, bro, fuck you. Like, I, I don't want nothing to do with you. Yeah, I've been front row at your fights, but it was to watch you lose. Like, <laughs> maybe yeah, that's, maybe. you know. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely don't know Machine Gun Kelly as a dude. I've, I've kind of been around him, like I said, backstage at like WWE shows and stuff. He seems like he's a great dude. Yeah, maybe he just clashes with with Connor and this stuff that Connor's been trying to pull off in the in the recent, you know, however many fights talking all the shit like we've been saying, right. to calling out people's wives, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just think that we will find out in due time what exactly went down. Hi, everyone. I'm Hall of Fame sportscaster Leslie Visser, and I've got a new podcast, In Conversation, where I'll draw from 45 years of covering the Final Four, the NBA Finals, Wimbledon, the World Series, the Super Bowl, the Olympics. CBS even sent me to the fall of the Berlin Wall. I think you'll enjoy the give and take, so subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included in most subscriptions. Former UFC middleweight champion, arguably one of, if not one of the absolute greatest of all time in MMA, a man who had Tito Ortiz on the mat looking up at the bright lights at a minute 21 in his fight on Triller. Anderson Silva, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. How are we feeling? How, how are you doing after Saturday? Well, you know, I'm feel very happy, you know, and... um my whole team working very hard and I working very hard and uh, the wins come and I'm so happy because uh, everybody working hard and I do my best in the training and the result is uh, in Saturday is so amazing for my team, for everybody involved in my training and I'm so happy. I'm very lucky. You, you talk about working hard and uh, everybody around you working hard. You come off of this victory on Saturday night against Tito Ortiz. And what are you doing right now? What's happening? <laughs> right now, I'm in DMV with my daughter here because you have the, the test for, for take the, 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 the license drive. I love it. Straight back into dad life. Put, I'm more nervous. And I try to put in my, my daughter in calm and say, relax, and, and talk to me and say, Dad, you need to relax. I say, okay, you all more, right, You're more nervous for your <laughs> fight on Saturday? You're more I, nervous to, for your daughter's driving yeah, test right now? Absolutely. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love like just being able to see someone. I mean, you're somebody who like I've been able to watch inside the octagon. It's such an absolute badass and seeing you just like transition like dad life got the hat on at the DMV stars are just like us out there doing it all. Yeah. (laughs) So, so did you expect that fight against Tito to go like that? I mean, I expected you to win for sure, but I didn't think maybe it would happen so quickly. Did you kind of, did you know that going in that he was going to fall and was that like fall prey to that kind of, uh, you just, you lulled him into a trap. I mean, you, you were like a spider with the web and everything and bang, you you just, you nailed it. Well, you know, I think the fight is very, it's very interesting because when you go inside the ring, uh, your opponent have a, have a the chance for win. You have a chance for win, but is interesting because when you move something wrong, 
the win come very fast or the lose come very fast. You know, I'm I'm working hard for a win. Of course, I'm not expect to win to the knockout in the first round, but you know, is fight is 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 interesting because this, you know, you you have a chance, you have a 50% the chance, your opponent have a 50% the chance. You need to take the chance and the magic moment and use this in in your favor. You know, and I'm I use it in my favor the last night. What was your experience uh, of being a part of a Triller card? I mean, just a whole show from top to bottom to step into this more combat sports meets uh, the entertainment side of things. Well, I'm I'm very happy, you know, because Triller is is amazing company and helped me to continue doing my best in my side, you know, and um, I signed uh, the contract for uh, three years with Thriller and uh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. So what's next for you now? What do you want? You've got Tito Ortiz uh, in your wake. Who's it? Who's ahead of you now? Uh, I don't have nobody in my head. I just back to, to home, stay with my family for uh, a couple of days and relax and back to training, you know, and we'll see the next challenge in my in my life. How do you celebrate after fights? I mean, aside from hanging out at the DMV in lines with everybody else, what do you do to celebrate? Oh, uh, I just come home, stay with my family and look the fight again and um, enjoy, enjoy the life, you know, because life is so, so interesting and so perfect. You need to take the time and enjoy the time when you have uh, when you have the opportunity, you know, and that's what I do right now. Can I say that I feel like this is the chapter, is the next chapter in your fight career? And I find it really inspirational, Anderson, because it hasn't all been smooth sailing for you. It was kind of just, I don't know, it, was, it just felt, left me a little sore the way that everything happened with the UFC. But I feel like you've taken that and you've just rebounded it in, into such a beautiful opportunity so I guess it's kind of a two-part question because I'm coming back after nearly five years. You know, I'm tar- starting this second chapter in my career. So obviously, if you have any advice for somebody that has find, you know, you're finding a way to um, light that second match, if you will, like advice for me in that. And um, then also, I'm just curious if, you know, what, what it's like, the difference for you in MMA and going to boxing and, and having this. Because I honestly, with what's going on now, I can't say that when I, if I retired from MMA, that I might not come over and try a boxing fight. Like, why not? You know, I mean, hell yeah. It's kind of cool seeing this transition. So, yeah, two parts. Advice for me if you got any, because I would love that. And uh, how's it different? Well, I think. I'm very, I'm very lucky because the moment uh, my my story with UFC is done, everybody talking about Henderson is done, it's over, he's not back to fight anymore, and a lot of people talk about that, especially Dana White. Oh, this guy don't need to fight anymore. I make mistake to put him to fight again, and blah blah blah, you know. But uh, it's. It's something inside your heart. Nobody can say you're done when you, yeah. you're not ready for that. And um, 
I'm preparing my body. I prepare my mind for continue to do my job. And uh, I'm so happy because when I when I back to home with my last fight in UFC, I just put in my my mind and my body and completely relax and think about my life. Think about my real passion is fighting. And I say, you know what? It's not done. And nobody can say I'm over. I'm done. You know, except me. And um, in one or three months, I back to training, and the trailer come and talk to me and give an opportunity to fight in Mexico. You know, and uh, I say, whoa, that's that's interesting because the opportunity come when you prepare for opportunity. And I never stopped training in my life. And that's I'm here today, you know, and that's I continue doing my job and that's I continue doing something special for my fans and for me. I love that. Thank you. That's it's it's great. Nobody can say you're done except for yourself. And I agree with that. Donna, Dana yeah. was trying to dodge me for the longest time. Like I was telling him. I want to fight again. And he wasn't answering me. And he's like, well, we don't normally take people back after these. I hold the record for the longest layoff now, 1,709 <laughs> days between fights. But it came wow. back and I made it a win. And so I heed that advice. And thank you for that, Anderson. Yeah. You yeah. know, the problem is uh, Dana is the ego. It's too much. It's too big, you know. And uh, you don't respect the fighters because Dana never fight in the in the life, you know. Is never come to professional fight. It's easy to say for you, for me, for the other fight is done, it's over, because in the in when the day is over, the business is the numbers, you know. In me, in you, and the other fights is not fighting anymore in UFC. It's not fight because it's numbers. You know, and the guys don't don't care about me, about you, because don't think about, oh, these people help me to make successful in my company today. Why I go kicks out these people? I need to respect the story these people have, you know, and that's happened. You know, that's happened because in when you see the day, when you find your day is numbers, but. When I real people realize your job is help me to make success in my company, the people respect that. In the in the the whole scene, the the whole fans in the war don't want to stand that. Oh, why this happened? Why this? And a lot of people oh say Dana White is amazing, but but it's not amazing because this is a is the behind the scene in the final day is about human being relationship. It's about respect the human being behind the fight, you know? And uh, Dana don't respect that. Anderson, how did you feel as your career was winding down with UFC? Did you feel like you were being edged out by Dana? Well, I I feel I done my job in, in inside UFC and uh, I, 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 I do my best, you know? for many, many years for UFC. And um, one day, Lorenzo come to me and talk to me and say, hey, this is the family. You need to stay with the family, help the family. And I say, okay, I go do that. 
And that's I take the fight when I'm not training, when I hurt myself, when I take the surgery, you know, when I uh, when the car is coming down because John Jones no fight. I fight in, in three days, you know, and it's crazy. But I do my part. And I don't see the part UFC doing for me. But it's fine. This is the page is over in my life, you know. Dana is is Dana White, you know. And I don't have I don't have uh, I don't feel nothing bad about UFC because I the when I stay there, I do my best. I put in my heart. I put in my whole life for make this successful in this sport and uh, make successful for UFC, you know. Yeah. yeah, and you know, like you said, you, you're able to close the page on, on that chapter and now move on to uh, to your relationship with Triller. Like you said, a three-year contract that you've signed. Uh, you said that you're not sure what's in front of you, but I do think, did you call out a Paul brother? Did you call out Jake Paul? Is this something that you want to do? Well, this is this is very interesting fight, you know, because the, the both kids is good. It's so smart kids. And uh, the people talk a lot about the, the Paul brothers, but I need the people need respect because the kids open the door for Thank every yeah. single people think about whoa something Roman this board right now and a lot of people like to see the 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 this big show because it's not real real fight boxing it's a show you know it's entertaining and why not you know a lot of people. Uh, waiting for see good people fighting, you know, and a YouTuber, uh, actor, oh, MMA guy with boxing. I mean, this is amazing. It's everything is bright new and that's good. Always got to have some new blood in there. Keep that interest. Bring over new fans and just see what happens. I love that. Um, Anderson, what do you want your legacy to be uh, as you transition, you know, as you've been uh, not even just transitioning into boxing? I mean, you've been very successful with it now. What do you want your legacy to be when you eventually hang it all up? Well, I just try to to do my best because I love it. You know, in uh, the legacy, I can um work to pass for the the new generation is you love something doesn't matter your your professional job you love your job do your best best you can not because you need to prove something for anybody just for yourself just for help the new generation take advantage and continue to do your best you know and that's a, i I'm working hard every day, you know. I have a five kids, and I try to pass the same mm-hmm. knowledge for my kids, you know. And do your best, you know. That's I love the sport. I love fighting, and I I try to do my best every day, not okay. not because successful money, just for proof for every single people follow me, my fans. Whoa. Anderson is 46 years old and continue to do your job. Why? Anderson don't need to fight anymore. But this guy loved your job. Mm-hmm. Why I'm in my job don't do my best for make success in my job. Every single person can do that, you know. And that's a I I I I'm working hard every day for pass this message for the people, you know. 
It's all about that passion. Absolutely. I think that just bleeds through in your work so much what we're able to see you do inside the ring. Um, Anderson, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on your victory against uh, Tito Ortiz. And hopefully we'll have you on again in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Very soon we have a brand new opportunity. And um, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. This is Heisman Trophy winner and NFL quarterback Doug Flutie. I'm excited to tell you that my podcast, the Flutie Flakes cast, is back for the entire football season. I may have played like 21 years of professional football in three different leagues, but I'm still just a big kid, and I absolutely love this game. Every week, we'll talk about the topics I care about and bring on super fun guests. So please subscribe today, wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, include it with most subscriptions. Absolute Ricky Starks, the FTW champ. What up, buddy? Wow. It, had I known that it was this easy to just ask you in passing backstage, say, hey, Renee, I want to get on. I would have done this a long time ago. <laughs> We try oh, to make I, things easy around here, you know? That's how I we like do. It. We keep we keep things easy. Everyone, well, I wouldn't say everyone's welcome on the show. We'll be selective. Um, so great to have you on. But yeah, I passed you backstage uh, at Dynamite, and you said you wanted to come on. So, I mean, what better way to start it than on day one? I can't I can't thank you enough. And it's great to to meet you, Misha. Like this is this is crazy. Absolutely oh yeah. Insane. Well, I mean, welcome. It's really exciting because you're literally our very first guest. And I think that Renee gets the MVP today because not only is it her first show, but she booked our first guest. So, yay! <laughs> um, okay, so Ricky, before we get into a bunch of AEW and uh, pro wrestling conversations, we were just talking about Megan Fox and the conversation of her um, calling Machine Gun Kelly daddy. Um, are you a daddy person or no? Because you call yourself Stroke Daddy. So I feel like maybe you could be. I feel like I'd be hypocritical if I said no, but honestly speaking, I call myself that. I've I've never had. Actually, I have, and it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It, I, I won't lie. It's kind of weird at first, but then you know you kind of like settle into it. But uh, I believe it. I actually met Megan and, and Machine Gun Kelly at a uh, Jacksonville concert, and that's all she called him when they were talking. Oh, so, you you yeah. have witnessed this firsthand. Yes, I've I've seen this. They they are in madly in love. She referred to him as daddy when they were speaking to each other because we we met them backstage after his show, and uh, yeah, I I'm not that shocked. But also too, I think for me personally to be called that on a consistent basis, I would be a little weirded out at that. Right? But I'm kind of second guessing myself now. I'm like, maybe I should try this. Like, maybe I'm just <laughs> not, you know, like I'm open to trying things. Like, I just, you know, maybe about my man, I was walking, hey daddy, how's it going? Let's just see where it goes. I wish I could call yeah. John up right now just to see what would happen. But he'd come up with yeah. a baby and the baby's crying. It'd be a whole disaster. It would not go the way that you intend. And you're like, hey daddy. <laughs> It would just be like, I'm sure it won't either. He, he, my, my man would probably be like, what's wrong with you? Like, are you <laughs> feeling okay? Like, <laughs> I'm not even, like, I don't even really throw out like a babe. I'm not like a baber. I should become a babe. We've been together too long to start now. Right. Yeah. At this point, if you haven't put down the, the ground rules of, of names, I think it's kind of, you kind of missed the boat there. Yeah, what do I you're know? right. I'm not even married. No, yeah. but you, you, you've been around, you know, you're the stroke daddy. You got to put that out and let the ladies know. What is stroke daddy? What is this nickname? What's it about? Well, uh, I'm really good at golf and uh, that's, oh. <laughs> 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 that's 
No, it was a nickname that I got actually from a friend when we went bar hopping one night. And uh, I was talking to, to a chick and afterwards he would drunkenly called me stroke daddy, but never gave explanation to it. And I thought it was the funniest thing for some reason. Cause it, Wait, what, what kind of chick? You were talking to a chick or a he? I'm a little confused. I was, I was my friend who's a oh. he saw me talking to a chick at okay. the bar. And, I mean, I'm not uh, passing any judgment. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, it's 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 cool. Look, it's fine. But I'm clarification just clarification <laughs> is key. You know, clarification is key. <laughs> but yeah, I was, sorry, I was talking to a chick, and then he. I was like, wait, did I miss something? Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so that's it, where we get. I, the... I've stuck with it. It's a good name. You know, it's cool. So did you strike out with the chick? That's basically what happened. Absolutely, I did. Yeah, yeah. I. It went nowhere. Actually, I got ghosted on a text. So. I thank her. See, I feel like I like. Do you do online dating or anything? What do you do? How do you get like, out there? Like the apps. Yeah, I've tried the apps, but they hurt my self esteem too much. So I just do things in person now. Oh, okay, all right, fair you know enough. What I'm but, I don't you know. What you're no Generally, I think people have to be nicer in person. I think so. That, I think it just kind of right. It's just the way the yeah, world works. I think people, people are shy yeah, to be mean. In we're still like we're still programmed to be nice to people in real life. It's just online when we're like. <laughs> Oh, right. so vicious! No to accountability. Each other. That's a scary side. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. Just say <laughs> it and go. You know. Mm-hmm. All right, Ricky. So much going on in the world of AEW. Um, specifically, it seems like what's going on with you and Punk, and you and Punk and Will Hobbs. What's the deal there? I actually have. I, I don't know. I really. I have no clue what's going on with Punk. I know that Hobbs is going to handle some some stuff for me in terms of Punk, but the guy is. Uh, he called me out. I appreciate mm-hmm. the the spotlight there, but I'm kind of tied up with Brian Cage first. So sure. I got to get through that obstacle before I move on to Punk and, you know, uh, see what he's about. But, hey, if it keeps drawing me attention, I say, Punk, keep my name in your mouth. Keep it going. I, I welcome it, you know. How has things been at AEW since Punk has joined, since he's finally stepped back in the world of professional wrestling? It's been great. I think uh, I know that he is a very hard worker, obviously, uh, and backstage. He's very he's very like mindful of everyone in their matches and making sure he talks to them and critiques them afterwards. Mm. Uh, and he's very approachable, too. So I think having punk back there is a big morale boost, a like big morale boost. It's just, I mean, even just me being backstage um, from Chicago into Cincinnati, I'm not at the shows all that often, but it is like, I can't believe how many more people are back there now. Like, you guys have a full house. Holy crap. Yeah. It, there, there's more people than when you came that one time in Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, Way and more. It's doubled. Yeah. So it, it, it's cool to see. Also, like, I'm, I, I don't really, um, I don't acclimate well to change so mm. quickly as I should. So I'm still trying to adjust to having so many people back there, new faces, things like that, different personalities too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so it, it's, <laughs> it's good otherwise. It's, it's good otherwise. It just seems like, I mean, obviously it's such a great time in professional wrestling, a great time to be a wrestler or a wrestling fan. And now with you guys debuting, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, like, holy shit, things could not be going better for AEW. Yeah, I feel like we're about to turn this is where we turn the corner. Like everything is so cyclical at wrestling and, and pop culture that I think we're really turning that corner into the next phase where uh, things are really start to start popping off here yeah. in the next few months, if I had to predict. I feel like I, things have already been popping off. I think we're like in it. 
I feel like I'm, I'm such a student like, here. Like I'm just sitting back and listening to all this. I'm like, huh? Because I'm I'm so new to the pro wrestling world, which is this is great because I'm actually so interested in learning the other side of it. But I'm just like, what do I add to this conversation? I'm just sitting back here, like taking oh. notes. Like, <laughs> so Misha, you were just at SummerSlam. Was that your first? I was. Um, that was your yeah. first wrestling event you've ever been to. What did you think? Right. Well, honestly, I. I thought it was really, um, I, I think the biggest takeaway that I had was how charged the audience was about it. I guess I didn't mm-hmm. know to expect that. The fans are just the most, they're so into it. They're the most animated. They're just they're rowdy. They're, oh, they're rowdy. They're bawling or screaming, <laughs> and they really like are into the characters. And I guess from that perspective, I have a different and new appreciation for uh, pro wrestling. I didn't grow up with it. I've never really followed it. So I'm just getting my introduction now, so to speak. But I'm a big Becky Lynch fan. Um, Who I just isn't? like her as a human being. I just think yeah. she's amazing. <laughs> yeah, the fact that she had a rivalry with Ronda, I mean, naturally, that's easy to write. Be like, oh, you're my, my girl, right? Kick her ass. <laughs> Kick his ass, do best. Yeah. Uh, so. Okay, so you've been able to dabble a little bit in WWE, but Ricky, why, and not to just make lines even more drawn between WWE and AEW, why should Misha watch AEW? Or what should she know about AEW? Well, everyone says AEW is the alternative, but I really think it's the first choice now. Uh, AEW is great in the fact that, one, I think WWE has such a fan base that they they can uh, insult the audience and kind of get away with it. You know what I'm saying? Misha, if you watch the TV show, like, let's say Lost, I feel like Lost insulted my intelligence halfway through, and I kind of fell out of love with it. Right. AEW is the the opposite of that. It's like you stay attached and you're rewarded for watching so so long. And even for people who haven't followed wrestling, such as yourself, there's people on the show that you can connect to because they're authentic personalities. And I think watching it, there's something for everybody. And so having new viewers like Misha or someone who's falling back into wrestling, AEW provides that 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 uh, that sweet spot where Watch it. You'll have fun. You won't feel stupid for watching it. You'll be rewarded. There's great moments that are organic that you can that you can fall in love with. And, and the wrestlers are badass. We got men and women, badass wrestlers. Hell yeah. of a roster. And the roster just keeps growing. I mean, like I just mentioned, and we can get into all this stuff later, Misha, but signing Brian Danielson is absolutely massive for AEW. Having Adam Cole show up, there's massive. Uh, CM Punk, who has not wrestled for seven years. People, like, literally anytime you're at a show in Chicago, for any wrestling show, people have just been chanting, CM Punk, CM Punk. So finally he's able to show back up and be resubmerged back into this world. Um, so it, it's just such a really cool time to be a wrestling fan. And right now, especially, especially for AEW. It's fun. I love being at those shows. Like you said, it's that authenticity that comes with it and not having to regurgitate information and kind of talk to your audience like they're dumb. <laughs> so, and I mean, I can say that from firsthand experience. Authenticity like, is not the word that comes to my mind when I think of pro wrestling. Let me just, let me just drop that really quick there. Although I do right. appreciate some things. Let me just, and then I will say, 
the the thing that I've come to appreciate so far about pro wrestling, and I, I think there's room for me to grow in this, though, is that I do really respect you guys as professional athletes. I think it's incredible the movements that you guys do, the coordination. I had no idea that you guys um, will change the skit, so to speak. I'm probably not using the right terminology, but um, you'll feed off the audience, right? And that, you know, it can go a little bit longer, a little bit shorter. Like, I had no idea. I thought it was just fixed, and you went out there and you did it exactly to plan, and that was it. Like, I and I really thought that was cool to understand but one thing I wanted to ask you about uh Ricky was that you know you came back you won the the title um I think you talked about this on busted open after you fractured your neck did you fracture it like practicing moves or it like in a or how did that happen and is it common for you guys to have injuries I mean you guys compete so often that's another crazy aspect of what you do yeah I actually I fractured my neck uh live on on dynamite in a, a match um, I believe we were the opening match. April twenty first was the date, and uh, I went to, I went to flip out of a German suplex, and I, he held onto my waist for a little bit longer than than I anticipated, and came right down and fractured my C six uh, mm. vertebrae, and I, I was out. And, and there's going to be common? injuries that, I'm, it's okay. not. I wouldn't say it's it's common, but there's. There's common injuries that you can get with like low back or, mm. you know, the, the elbows or different things like that. When it comes to injuries such as like serious injuries, such as the neck, things like that, it's not as common as it used to be. But the risk is always Thank a lot God. higher than just just normal. So it's, it's kind of hard to even say if it's common, but it is a thing that has happened before in wrestling where, where someone stone cold Steve Austin. That's how he broke his neck. He took a pile driver and pushed in, in the vertebrae so that is a thing that will happen and that's the the biggest thing at the forefront of my mind wrestling is that hey this could literally change within a, a flash mm-hmm. and so uh you know it that that's one thing i think people don't really realize i'm glad you asked me that because that that's a part of it that's really important for me to explain to people of mm-hmm. the the risk Okay. Yeah. See, that's the part that I can really identify with. And I think for me coming from a professional MMA stance, like I recognize that hard work. I recognize the risk. I recognize the coordination. These these are real athletes. This is some serious shit that they're doing right now. And it's very impressive to me. But so I got to ask you then I'm becoming a fan of pro wrestling. I could, I could truly say that like, and there's things that I appreciate about it. Um, but what about you? We'll get and you there. We'll, get you, we'll get you there. Yeah, get me there. The more guests we have on, I'm going to start <laughs> yeah. following you on, on Instagram. I'm going to just get into this world a little bit. I'm going to dabble. It'll take play. you two seconds and you're going to yeah. love it. Speaking of trying new things, right? So, <laughs> um, but what about you? Are you a fan of MMA? What is your MMA fandom status? Actually, I, I am. Uh, I There was a bit where I kind of fell out of watching MMA. That's when I retired. So I, I know, but I'm back now. <laughs> it is. So that's why I'm back in it. So it's a slow, it's a slow start to get me going. But uh, yeah, I, I used to live in Vegas. And so we would have, uh, our neighbors would have UFC uh, parties to come over and watch. Same thing with boxing. We've had boxing parties too. And so from there, I actually um, kind of started to follow it more. And in fact, you remember the ultimate fighter that used to come on? Uh, yeah. I, there, Nate Diaz appeared on there i think he was on hell like yeah. the whole that's where I, nate diaz is one of my favorite fighters because i think the diaz brothers in general are cool at, in my legends. opinion but legend yeah i love nate because he has a real personality that i can like relate to he doesn't take shit from anybody 
and he stands up when when he has to and he fights for what he believes in and i love that about him and so once i started seeing that and then i watched ultimate fighter i saw nate on there then i started to like slowly follow it and really i only just followed his career but uh since i've been on the road with AEW and things like that there's more people that have been getting me into it such as sammy and We'd go to like the UFC fights. I actually went to one in Jacksonville, uh, which was great. Uh, okay, so you went, wait, you, which one in Jacksonville did you go to? It was it's there the not too long ago, right? We had, yeah, from, um, oh my God, what's the number now? I, I mean, there's so many. There's so many of them. I mean, between them being in the apex to when they were getting back on the road, it's hard to kind of keep track of all those numbers. It's the very first event from after we were, after we, you know, after, after COVID, the pandemic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, Ricky, what is your dream matchup? Now that we are seeing all these forbidden doors being opened up in the world of professional wrestling, who do you want to uh, stand across the ring from? Me personally, I'll put it out there. I'll, I'll say CM Punk for sure. There we go. Okay. There I we like go. That. Yes. I mean, yeah. I feel like it's already kind of in the ether there. I feel like this is definitely a possibility. And you're talking about guys coming in and wanting to uh, to boost up some of the younger guys. I think that's like the perfect matchup. I mean, that's the point of having somebody like a CM Punk in there, right? Or having a Christian Cage, um, having a John Moxley, having these guys kind of step in there. I think CM Punk would be great. Yeah. Call his ass I, out. You know what? I'm going to take my time on it. He should be calling me out more than... The okay. other way, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Let I him do. come to you, right? 100%. Thank you. Um, all right, you Ricky, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. Can't wait to catch you on more of uh, all things AEW. We'll get Misha in on the whole thing. Don't I'll worry, I'm going to catch you. I will be watching. Yeah. Okay. No, absolutely. That will certainly be happening. Uh, and Ricky, we will, uh, yeah, we'll have you on again at some point because you got to be our very first guest. Thank you for doing that. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey everyone, Lindsay Rhodes here. And with the NFL season underway, I am thrilled to announce that my podcast, The NFL Roadshow, will be dropping three times a week. On Mondays, we're going to recap the most interesting stories to come out of the NFL weekend. Wednesdays are going to be for a bit of a deeper discussion. And on Fridays, we're going to bring you the best of my SiriusXM fantasy show with the great Michael Fabiano, Fantasy Dirt. So please, subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. We should get to know each other a little bit more. Learn a little bit about each other. I mean, we can know about each other. We can let the listeners know about us. Um, so I know that you, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about it throughout the show today that you, uh, you're not the, the diehard wrestling fan, and that's completely okay. But I feel like there's no way, like you still know a little bit about wrestling. Who is one wrestler yeah. that, that you were aware of that you've been able to like, not necessarily follow, but be aware of enough that if you passed him in a restaurant or yeah. saw him in a movie, something I, like that. I actually know who that was. And so funny enough, I was thinking about that last night, that very thing. And I, and I, I have this weird thing where I can't, I can recall someone's face, but I always, I can't always recall the name. So my uh my fiance i was asking him like hey you know who's the wrestler he had like the blonde hair he was like buff he kind of had like the goatee you know like but it was really handlebar mustache you know and i was recalling that oh, i yeah. knew you know who i'm talking about i was like oh, i yes. don't know yeah of course hulk hogan little hulk hogan baby yeah thank you so I, that's who i always knew of growing up and, the, and there was a time i probably could have recalled his name better but i but i did know and i was able to picture him and i was like that's the guy like i always knew of hulk hogan growing up 
Um, he was just a bigger than pro wrestling. I feel like he was sure. bigger than that. He was outside of that realm because I didn't. I didn't tune in for pro wrestling, but I still knew who he was. I knew of him. Oh, so then you're gonna really appreciate this. He's like Hulk Hogan. He's like you have to like watch the most epic match ever in sports, <laughs> and at the time it just blew the doors off. And it was bigger than bigger than anything that had ever happened. I was like, okay. So he puts on the Hulk Hogan match with the Giant Andre the Giant. Yeah. World's strongest slam. Yeah. And and so I was like, wow, I was I was sucked into it for like a good I don't know, I think it was like twelve minutes long. We watched this match and I didn't even look away and I was like, wow, I was I was into it. So See, that would be the, the my... doors have been opened for you. See, I would have thought that you would have thrown like the rock at me or I mean right? you mentioned Becky Lynch earlier. He um, was I the know... first one though. He was when I was a kid. I just I knew who Hulk Hogan was. And you've so, crossed paths with Sasha Banks as well, right? I have. I've I've crossed paths with Sasha Banks, but didn't know of her until I met her face to face. People they had to tell me, you know, who she was. Yeah. And I just because I'm just very ignorant when it comes to the pro wrestling world. And, um, you know, I got to know Becky Lynch kind of when Ronda got into the WWE and that rivalry kind of went to feud. And, you know, then I learned of her and mm-hmm. we kind of kept touch a little bit on Instagram. It was so cool watching her become a mom and things like that. Yeah. So she's just a neat person. Um, so I'm definitely a fan of her now, but I didn't know about any of them before. And I just remember as a kid, I knew who Hulk Hogan was. He's like the only one. And <laughs> right then I became that aware red of the and rock, yellow. right yeah. later and, and the rock and his, you know, his movies and stuff. But no, I mean, the original one I knew of was, was Hulk Hogan. So Fair enough. my turn. I got to ask you now. All right. Throw it my way. Right. Let's go. Okay. So, um, well, I, I gotta ask you, I mean, I don't even know when you actually started watching MMA. Like when, when did you become a fan of the, the sport of MMA? So I would probably throw this back to, uh, I mean, definitely when I was still in Canada. Um, but George St. Pierre really kind of opened the, opened right. my eyes to mm-hmm. MMA at that time. I mean, what he was doing in UFC, I mean, it doesn't hurt that he's an extremely handsome man that really man, knows right? how to fill out those tights. I mean, listen, <laughs> I what well, a dream I can't boat. eat for the ladies. Never what hurt. a dream boat. But he's just such a I badass. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, so I was actually working at a sports network in Canada for a while. And I think as I was uh, just around more of that, I, I used to work with Moro Ranallo. I mean, he's just such a prominent voice in the world yeah, of, Mauro, yeah. of MMA. And same mm-hmm. with Ariel Hawani. Those guys are just so fantastic. So for me to just sort of be around those guys uh, so early on in my career and seeing the things that they were covering and learning more about UFC. And uh, I mean, just when it, it was such a thing to like order those pay-per-views and order some pizza and just watch this pugilism. So I, I think that's definitely what like opened the doors for me. But it, it all kind of started with George St. Pierre. That is a great fighter yeah. to get into the sport watching. He's one of sure my is. all-time favorites. I've always loved how he could just keep a game plan perfect. Like He's as close to perfect in every way. I mean, it's so hard to be a perfect fighter or have a perfect fight, but if one fighter I could say has ever done it, it would be GSP. Yeah, he's fantastic. And he, and I mean, he looked perfect doing it too. It so, just, I mean, how annoying, right? right? Like he's right? just bringing it all. To the, he looks like he's like some kind of Adonis carved out of like stone. Uh-huh. He looks insane. Yeah. Um, okay. I've got another question for you. Can you name any finishing move? Do you know a finishing move? What would Gosh. your finishing move be? Is, is, is I'm, I'm kind of pulling, uh, I'm reaching here, but is this, this sounds right to me, but I might be way off. Is this, is this stunner a move or am yeah. I just making that up? It is. No, okay. But stunner. I don't know what it is. I've just heard it. I've heard it. The stunner. Stone so I don't know. What stunner. is it? Okay. What so is it? 
it's you like have the guy's head over your shoulder and then you just like drop down on the ground. I mean, it's hard for me uh-huh. to like verbalize this. I don't know if we'll turn this into like a social. <laughs> you're doing a great job on the Zoom. I can see what you're doing over there. Okay. I've so they're behind your back. The guy's like behind your back, standing on oh, his feet. You've right. got him in like a, a you know a over your shoulder headlock, yeah. and then you like drop down on your ass. It's, it's a stone cold move. Um, Kevin okay, Owens okay, does it okay, now. Okay. It's yeah. I, I think I know. Stone cold yeah. stunner. Okay, yeah. so I did. I just didn't know what it was. I've, I've See, heard I feel that like term a lot. You've heard of that, but like, what, what what do you think your finisher would be? Like, Rhonda used the arm bar still when she was in uh, WWE. Right. What would you do? Mine would have to be some kind of takedown because I would tr- attribute that back to my original nickname was an actually cupcake. It was Takedown Tate. Now we're going oh, way back. I take like Takedown Tate. Yeah, so I, mean, I, I, like I would have to do too, some kind great. of like big throwing takedown of some sort, right? right I like the, that. Right under the dome. <laughs> yeah. Right onto the dome. Maybe a good, just a good double leg. You know what I mean? Like just flare sure. them out, turn them upside down, and bam, done. I love yeah. that. And then we'll just get you a catchphrase and call it a day. There she is. Get yeah. her an action figure. Yeah. Do we <laughs> do we have time for another one? I, I think we do. Real quick. Um, is there is there a dollar amount that could get you to fight in the cage? Shockingly, I think it would be pretty low. I think I would do it just for shits. <laughs> like I think I'd be interested. It's it's always fascinating to me. I mean, being spending so much time, uh, you know, especially around like professional wrestling. But you know, I've been down to some fights. I've been down uh, to to UFC fights uh, a bunch, and I, I I I'm just interested. I've I've not been punched in the face as an adult woman, um, and I think that I could use a refresher to remind me of what that feels like. So fun. So, well, you I know, know, Johnny, Johnny bucks, throws, bucks? I was going to say, Johnny throws some industry boxing fights sometime. Maybe you just got to get in and get an amateur fight oh going. My I know God. she's like, wait, no. this is getting a little too real. She's like, <laughs> I'm a mother. I there. could never. Oh, mothers are the, mother. mo- the fiercest. <laughs> You'd be fierce. I have no <laughs> doubt. I've got to use that mom strength. I might as well put it to use somewhere. I don't know. Right? Throwing down with Renee and Misha is part of the Sirius XM podcast network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound designed by Nari Balin. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for Sirius XM. Special thanks to Sirius XM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and Sirius XM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts.